0: Good morning, good morning. On this week's Led by the Word, we are in Numbers, uh, Chapter 1 through... What does the lesson cover?
1: The lesson actually covers 1 through 14.
0: I am not going all the way to 14. If I went all the way to 14, I would just have too much to talk about. And in Sunday school, this Sunday when we're talking about this, I kind of wanted to condense it down and separate it. Mm-hmm. So we're... First, I'm just really hitting 1 through 10. How, where are you going into?
1: You said you stopped at 10, so I stopped at like 5 verses after 11. So 10...
0: Ish. You went ahead of me. Good good, Just, hit. good I'm not, hit. I'm not
1: going to talk about it. I'm not going to so talk about it. So we're in
0: lesson 16? Is this lesson 16 or 17? It is 16. This is lex- lesson 16. So I ask you if you please read this before going through this video or if you would like to go through this video and then go back and read it. There is so much interesting stuff. I do want to say, Jesse's going to open up for us today. Um, the beginning is a census. So it's a little troublesome, cumbersome. Like you're getting through there. If anyone's ever filled out a census before and know what a census is, God does the very first census that I know about in the Bible right here. And it is intense. Ages 20 and up, fill out your paperwork. Let's do this. It took something to keep in mind. It took hundreds of men to do the census.
1: Hmm.
0: Like, I didn't realize how extensive this was. Um, Go ahead, Jesse. Actually, if you're comfortable with it, would you open us up in prayer today? There's sure. a lot of good stuff we can glean from this.
1: Sure. Um, Jesus, thank you for allowing this opportunity for us to come together and film this. Thank you for what you've laid on Mike and mine's hearts. ask you to please bless each and every one of the viewers that is listening today. We just ask that you would let them get blessed by something through this and work your will through us. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen, amen. Go ahead and open it up for us. I'm excited.
1: Uh, I am skipping the first chapter since it is a census, hence the name Numbers. They were numbering the children of Israel, but I did want to touch on it. Um, Numbers, actually, chapter 1, verse 47 through 49. So this is right after they basically numbered all the children of Israel. And if you read that entire first chapter, um It's just like so-and-so begat so-and-so. It's like a genealogy, sort of. Um, But it's more extensive. It goes through all the tribes of Israel. But then when you get down to verse 47, it says, But the Levites, after the tribe of their fathers, were not numbered among them. For the Lord has spoken unto Moses, saying, Only thou shalt not number the tribe of Levi, neither take the sum of them among the children of Israel. So, very specific. Number the children of Israel. Don't number the Levites. Like, plain as day. Then in chapter 2. that's my
0: first note right there is that exactly I'm sorry. Uh, no good. Do you good. want to interject though? No, you go right ahead. Okay, I think that's say. very timely. Like literally, both of our starting notes are they identical, and we didn't study together. Twin mind. Go ahead, rip, <laughs> rip it up for us. I'm so
1: chapter two, verse thirty-three says again, but the Levites were not numbered among the children of Israel as the Lord commanded Moses. So if you stopped right there, you're like, okay, cool. Levites were not numbered. But, wait, in Numbers chapter 3, verses 14 and 16, it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses in the wilderness of Sinai, saying, Number the children of Levi after the house of their fathers by their families. Every male from a month old and upward shalt thou number them. And Moses numbered them according to the word of the Lord as he was commanded. And when I read that, I was like, wait, we're not numbering the Levites. And it's like, wait a minute, wait, we are numbering the Levites. But what the Lord was saying was he didn't want Moses to not number them at all. Because I was like, did the Lord just like have a change of heart there, like change his mind? He just didn't want them to be counted with all the other tribes. And the theme that I kept reading when I'm reading about the Levites in these first few chapters of Numbers is they were set apart. Like the phrase set apart just kept rolling through my spirit. Um, Numbers 8, 14 says... Thus shalt thou separate the Levites from among the children of Israel, and the Levites shall be mine. So, we see, like, that they represent the firstborn, if you will. So, in, I just read verses, excuse me, chapter 8, verse 14, but if you keep going um, in chapter 8, verse 15 through 19, I believe it is. I'm going to continue reading there. And after that shall the Levites go in to do the service of the tabernacle of the congregation, and thou shalt cleanse them, and offer them for an offering. For they are wholly given unto me from among the children of Israel, instead of such as open every womb. Even instead of the firstborn of all the children of Israel have I taken them unto me. For all the firstborn of the children of Israel are mine, both man and beast. On on the day that I smote every firstborn in the land of Egypt, I sanctify them for myself. And I have taken the Levites for all the firstborn of the children of Israel. And I've given the Levites as a gift to Aaron and to his sons and among the children of Israel to do the service of the children of Israel in the tabernacle of the congregation and to make an atonement for the children of Israel, that there be no plague among the children of Israel when the children of Israel come nigh unto the sanctuary. They were set apart almost like it's like they represent the sacrifice of the firstborn. Um, one commentary I was reading called it the sacred service that the Levites did for the tabernacle because they were in charge of setting it up, tearing it down when they were following God's presence in the cloud by day, fire by night scenario, um, and within the tribe of the Levites, if you will, different families had different jobs to do, and it details it. It's so interesting if you really just. I really encourage you to read this lesson. It's gets into the nitty gritty, and it's just amazing how God had this beautiful orchestrated plan and design. Or even quote unquote the simplest of things you know basically having church communing with him um, and in the sacrifices and to me like that's Old Testament like what does that have to do with us you know like we don't have the tabernacle you know we go to church we make daily sacrifices in our heart but the phrase set apart just kept sticking with me like what are we setting apart for the Lord are we giving him our best are we taking it like seriously like our walk with him in Numbers chapter 8, verses 5 through 13, it details like their special cleansing rituals specifically for the Levites. So you had your, especially we were in Leviticus, they had all these like hygienic rules and things like that. But for the priests, for the Levites, they had even more specific things. Everything about them was set apart. And I felt like kind of convicted, like, are we giving God like muddy praise? Like when we're up there, you know, even just in the altar as that form of praise, are we Really focusing our hearts on that, like, are we really coming forth with gratitude, or are we thinking about, like, man, Bob from work, he's just the worst, you know? What are we bringing forth to God, and like, what about that's just a church? Like, what about our daily lifestyle? Are we consecrating our life to Him and for Him, you know, or are we kind of just muddying it all up and not really setting anything aside? Um, someone told Micah and myself the other day, like, wow, you guys are so lucky to have the jobs you are, which we totally are. I love my job, but they said you just get to spend the whole day with jesus and i was like i spend the whole day trying not to be frustrated because a program won't work like that's not like in my mind that's not I'm, if i'm not careful it's like i completely forget what we're doing here you mm-hmm. know like the soul's lost and everything Gotta feel under conviction reading these old testament chapters
0: uh you know i all the stuff you got it, it's amazing how our our notes line up today and there's there's like 50 things to get from this easily. 50, there's probably 150 things to get from this. My my verse, and you know what? I thought I had the same verse as You have a different one. I'm Numbers chapter 3, verse 41. This will be up on your screen right now. And thou shalt take the Levites from me, I am the Lord, instead of all the firstborn among the children of Israel. So I've also got a little graphic for y'all. We're going to be throwing that up on the screen right now. This is the thing that shook me. Now, first got to say... East always means something in the Bible. Hmm. They all look to the east, go to the east, forward to the east. Like they use east over and over and over in the Bible. When they describe the layout of the camp and they do this census, there are 603,550 men above the age of 20. So they, they estimate over 3 million people at this time. When they lay this out, and I want you to see this, this is so cool. So on the east side, we got Judah, we got Zebulon, and then over here on the west side, and then we got the south, and we got the north. But what you see in the center, this isn't a tribe. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, I'm covering the mic. In the center here, this isn't a tribe. These people are literally set apart. So you've got Aaron, Moses, and his priests, and then you've got the families Jesse was talking about. Mm -hmm. So Moses, Aaron, and sons, the high priests, they set up and took down the tent of meeting. So that, that holiest of holies. That's what they did. And then you have Koh- Kohithites.
1: Yeah, I don't. Cohethites.
0: I'm, I'm going to do my best here. I didn't. Dad uses this online software that tells him how to say all this. I got to get him to send that to me. The Kohithites, if you read Numbers chapter 4, verses 4 through 15, they moved the tent of meeting and the holy objects which by the way i had to do some study in here you know that the the menorah which is the candle mm-hmm. it's not a candlestick holder there's no candles in there it holds oil i did not know that blew my mind i i was wondering like how they get the candles and that, that so i had to do some research so i've always thought in the holiest place was this candlestick <laughs> Not a candlestick.
1: It looks like a candlestick, to be fair. In
0: my mind, we can... I'll send that picture to Jensen. He can put that picture up on screen as well. Uh, Then you have the Gershonites. They moved all the curtains, the screens, and the roofs, and the coverings. You can see that in Numbers chapter 4, verses 25 and 26. Then you have the mirrorites, They moved the boards, the pillars, the bases, the sockets, the pegs, and the cords. That's Numbers chapter 4, verses 31 and 32. These people had big big jobs and you know they hand carried a lot of this stuff Mm -hmm. i know we read i think it's numbers two or three about how there were six wagons that were given Um, but something that really stuck out to me i was just curious about the weights not including any of the timber and that was some of the heaviest wood that you could get they had eight tons of precious metals Mm. eight tons So you think of thousands and thousands of pounds that these people are picking up and entrusted with. Something that I was thinking, any guy or girl knows this. uh, When you carry something a lot, you get stronger, you get bigger. These Levites, they're around this and they're the priests. And we always envision them as people in robes. These were a rough and tough bunch. Like, think of that. So we we see how everyone has to be equally separated from the tabernacle except the Levites were closest. I think God also designed this, you know, he's just using natural law. The harder they work, the stronger they become. If someone from the tribe of Dan, it's like, you know what? I'm going to the tabernacle. I'm just going to go right up to it. I'm going to touch everything in this. He had to go through the Levites. And you think these people on the outsides, they don't have the responsibility that the Levites have. Mm -hmm. So when he comes in there, he's not just seeing. So I, I think it's important that when we're carrying this gospel, when we're living this faith, we have to be strong in it. So easy is it for us to be weak in our gospel and weak in our faith and, and weak in our convictions. And God stirred me up to say, we have to be strong in this. God says, I've entrusted you to carry this. Could you imagine, I'm talking to camera here. I'm also talking to Jensen. Could you imagine waking up one day and saying, that's a lot to carry. I don't think I can do it. And God said, no, you are a Levite. And Jesse talked about separation. We see The Levites, if I could describe the Levites, it's separation within separation. Mm -hmm. Because in Leviticus, which is so weird, uh, in the book of Leviticus about the Levites, he talks about separating all the people. Okay, you all are going to be like this. You are going to be like this. You all got to be like this. And he separates all the children of Israel. Then we come into Numbers, and he even separates the Levites more. Like she said, he even separates them to the point. He don't even count their digits with the others. Mm -hmm. So, your convictions may be different than someone else's, but you better walk in your convictions. And you know that's something that stirred me up. Like we could have someone from Manessa who's up here and being like, "I don't want to carry the uh, tabernacle. And guess what? You don't have to. That's not your calling. This is literally their calling. And I, I think we get very guilty. Of looking at ourselves to compare and saying well I'm doing more or I'm doing less or they should do more or they're doing less I tell you exactly what we need to do we need to do exactly what we're called to do Because I, I feel that in my heart right now if Aaron and Moses didn't do exactly what they were called to do it affected three million people if a man from man I'm so bad at this Maradis, was not moving the pillars, the bases, and the pegs, and the cords, and the sockets, then someone else would have to step in from another tribe, or from another family within the Levi tribe. And we have a calling, we have a plan, and we have a purpose ordained by God, and we have to step into that. The next thing, and this is kind of, when you read over this, it's not like this big, fantastic, huge story, so it's easy to just breeze by and be like, I'm going to speed read this. we're going to start. Let's everybody go to Numbers chapter seven, if you would go there with me. We're going to talk a little bit about sacrifice before I come to my close here. Number chapter seven verse twelve was the first day, and it was the tribe of Nishan son of Amiibad, the tribe of Judah. I'm sorry, not the tribe of Nishan It was the tribe of Judah, and it was the son of a son, and da 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 da. da. And then you have the second day, the tribe of Ishkar in verse eighteen, verse twenty-four, the tribe of Zebulun. Uh, let's get down sixth day verse 42 tribe of Gad Uh, chapter 7 verse 48 uh, seventh day tribe of Ephraim, chapter 7 verse 66 this is a lot of verses in this chapter we got the tribe of Dan and we're seeing all these offerings and this goes this literally mean you're like linked up like this today we're tearing it up and we see these offerings and we see these 12 tribes these 12 offerings to God and I was thinking in our praise these guys, they go and they're thinking. They're like, okay, think of this. You're you got your tribe together. You got your people together. And They've got together. Let's say your tribe of 44,000 or tribe of 62,000. You're one of these big old tribes of people. They say, listen, we're not giving a tribe to our leader. We're not giving a we're not giving a sacrifice to our leader. We're not giving a sacrifice to Moses. We're not giving a sacrifice to Aaron. We're giving a sacrifice to God. Mm. And I was thinking, how much pressure that would put on their leader. And it says their leader's name. So then he says, okay, okay, it's God. We're giving this to God. And they said, listen, and they often say this. You're giving this to the God of Abraham, Mm -hmm. the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. So when they say those three names, those three names are three huge stories, which we've already covered that. If you don't fully know the stories of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, at least go to YouTube and look up a quick synopsis of them because it's it's unreal. So then they're looking at this and they're like, we want to give the best. And I could literally hear someone in that room saying, I don't want to give the best. I want to give the best of the best. God's about separation. He said, I don't just want the children of Israel doing this. I want the best of the best. I want the Levites. And I was thinking in our praise and our sacrifice, sometimes we don't even give him our best, Mm -hmm. much less the best of our best. You know, David, he praised wildly before God because he went through his life saying God's mercy, God's grace, God's power, God's uh, call, God's ordination, God's everything. And we get up there and we have distracted praise. Mm-hmm. We get, and it's not even bad distractions. I'll be thinking, okay, I gotta do this, this, this. It's not the sin praise, it's just distracted praise. And these people, I think they planned and they thought and they waited out when they would come in with a sacrifice, they wouldn't just say, That'll work. I guarantee it, Judah's sitting there looking it over, whatever their sacrifice was. They're studying it, they're saying, Is this the best of the best? Mm -hmm. And I bet he was like, give me the three best. And they bring the three best. And he says, I'm going to pick the best of the best. And I feel God's calling us right now. And I think me and Jesse's here to give somebody a word. And I'm not just trying to condemn you. I'm trying to convict all of us. I just feel this in my spirit. We got to give the best of our best to God. The best of our best of our outreach. The best of the best of our praise. The best of our best of our kindness to our friends, to our family. You know, when I think of the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of my family, the God of our church, the God of this country, the God of other countries, the God of this world, the God of the universe. Literally, they sent out this new telescope and they're finding full galaxies all the time now. He deserves the best of the best. If he can create all that with his imagination, his creativity, he deserves what we can give him. Um, coming... And this doesn't fit well in flow, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Chapter 9, please read through this again. It's the second Passover. And as we know what a Passover was, uh, this is just a convicting thing for me. And I, uh, I love Passover now. I really do. If you look back to the first Passover, they're putting that blood on those doors. And God passed over. And Jesse talked about the firstborn of Egypt. God took the firstborn of everything in Egypt, every cattle. Every living thing, he took the firstborn. But the children of Israel had the blood. Mm. That was the first separation. It wasn't just that you're my people and I'm going to choose you. They put a blood above the doorpost. And I I think today, do you have a blood above your doorpost? Is there Christ in your life? Did you repent of your sins? Did you give your heart to him? And Are you walking a path that will lead you to him and lead you to righteousness? God has been so, so good to us. And I I think that that first Passover, right before they left... And now they're here, they're, um, I don't know, a few days in after, at the Mount Sinai, and they're, they're doing that second one. And it's just powerful, powerful. Oh, here's a little fact, a couple little facts that uh, touched my heart. 7,209 scriptures in the New Testament. 2,100 and some odd, I don't remember the exact number, 2,100 and something quotes from Old Scripture. Mm. And you'll notice they quote a lot. Of numbers so if you're reading through numbers and you're like man, that sounds familiar I think I recognize that in the Christmas story. I recognize that here. It's because those guys in the uh, New Testament when they're preaching a, th- a Third, you know, they're quote. old, and I think that's awesome yes. and, and another quick uh, thing here uh, chapters 1 through 20 of numbers is 20 days chapters 21 through 26 is uh, 41 years So, this first bit, you feel like, man, you guys haven't covered much story. You're just covering law. It's because we're not covering much story. We're covering law. And eventually it's going to speed up and we're going to get a lot of movement, a lot of excitement. And Genesis, Viticus, number, Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy is where it gets really cool and exciting. I'm excited for Deuteronomy. Uh, Anything you want to end us with? No. I guess uh, the uh, thing we should say at the end is bottles. If you guys would like to get a bottle and help us support our church in Haiti, the website is oasisminstore.com. you got the website's phone number, the address on the screen. Thank you so much for tuning in with us and watching with us today. Thank you. Tune in next week every—today's Thursday. Yeah. Every Thursday. (laughs) Thank you. God bless you. God bless you.